Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. Uh, I'm Rob Kennedy, and I'm your host. And I'll be speaking today with Donnie of Reiku. Did I pronounce it correctly? Reiku? Perfect. Perfect. Thanks for coming in, Donnie. I know it's really early. Yeah, it is. It's really, (laughs) really early. Um, So, yeah. So, you let's talk about what, what is Reiku as it stands today? We went through a couple different iterations, but as of right now, um, for the past, I don't know, seven months or so uh, since our pivot, we are a tutoring company. We're an online tutoring company that creates a customized course for each individual student mm-hmm. of video lessons and practice exercises. And once a week, these students come in for a live tutoring session with a really, really good tutor. So these students are paying $150 per month per month. Um, and they're getting 10 hours of tutoring, live tutoring per month. Is it, and I think it said on your website, it's math only? Right now we're just math. I see. Yeah. And you, so the, the student pays while they're in school monthly or the whole year round or how does it work? Um, so there's, there's different types of students. Okay. There's students who are taking it, you know, at the beginning of summer, they want to prepare for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of students, a lot of interest now for uh, the start of the school year that they want to kind of supplement their education while they're going through school, mm-hmm. um, different types of students, uh, they do it throughout the year. So, so what you sign, you sign up for an account, you log on, you choose a tutor and you start no. asking them questions. How does it work? You, you don't choose a tutor. Um, so we, we assign tutors mm-hmm. before, you know, back then we were a on demand tutoring site where we're like a marketplace matching you with really good tutors and students who have questions about their homework or mm-hmm. tomorrow's exam. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we are, you know, we're a program, we're an academy where you consistently work with the same tutor um, for months on end in order to improve that letter grade, go from a B plus to a A, um, and that's the way that works now. And do you focus on high school or elementary school or university or is it the whole gamut? Um, we've been we've been focused on high school entirely, just high school, grade eight to twelve. Mm-hmm. And actually, we're expanding into you know grade one to seven now. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Create, is that it takes a while to create all the content. Well, I'm so t- t- tutoring happens that early, like yeah. grade one, you get tutors. The the right. most of them are most of them are in high school preparing for university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's still pretty big once you go into the lower grades. So, just so I understand, the I sign up. I'm Rob. I'm in mm-hmm. high school. I sign up for an account. I get matched with the tutor. Yeah. And then is it a do I just, are, is there like a video conference that's just open and I have a chat with a tutor at a certain anointed time or how, how does it work mechanically? The, the onboarding process is, you know, you go on our website, you kind of check out what the, the service is all about. You register for a free assessment mm-hmm. and uh, the tutor connects with you uh, as a student or as the parent or both. Mm-hmm. And they do, you know, 30 minute, 45 minute uh, assessment call where I identify all the missing Is it video? Missing links. Video call? Or uh, it's audio usually or... over Skype or okay, whatever. Yeah. Right. So they, they're able to talk. And once we get that assessment done, we have all the data and we were able to build a customized course for the student mm-hmm. um, based on our own unique curriculum, all that match with their school curriculum. Mm-hmm. And after that, they pay and... Who, who builds the curriculum? Like the, the course? Tutor. The tutor does. The tutor does. Yeah. I see. So you're providing... Um, ma- and, and how do you find tutors? Uh, we hire them. We do like three rounds of interviews. and Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, they're not... They're not just, they sign up and all that. Interesting. So, so you source the tutors. Right. And you, the value you provide is finding qualified people to 
tutor. Exactly. And f making it easy for um, people who are looking for tutorial types for, for lessons. Right. Um, they can just use your website and they don't have to, you know, put a sign up on the street and hopefully the person knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, how, how, so let's talk about how you sort of eventually got to this point. Yeah. Cause you're still pretty early. Would you say you're pretty early stage in, we in Reiku? Yeah. yeah. So before, before Reiku, this is not your first venture. Hmm. Um, what did you do before? Right before? It's a long story. <laughs> I, I started a company called Concarso Tech, um, back in high school, which was an intern consulting company that created startups. Um, either for clients or internally that we would, well, eventually sell or to um, just make money from revenue. From Creative startups for clients. Uh, yeah, websites for clients. Website, sometimes I startups. You know. I see. But, uh, and, and I think you told me it was a, a web-based business. So it wasn't exactly. apps or anything like that. It was web, yeah. web content, which is interesting because that's around the time apps started to pick up. Yeah. Sort of, kind of, kind of, um, which is the late 2000s. Hmm. And there was still a business to be had in the web. It was all like at the time it was, you know, kind of died down and around 2010. Yeah. It was all web. We didn't want to touch uh, mobile. We should have. Eh. <laughs> um, so you built that company. Was it just you like building websites in a basement or how did you find clients and how did you actually execute? Yeah, it was like at the beginning, I started, you know, create my, creating my own websites when I was 12 mm -hmm. and um, started working with clients around that time as well. I really? would lie about my age. So how I, did you, yeah, how did you find a client? I, I said I was a 23-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Getting tutored? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I was a 23-year-old uh, guy from Kansas and yeah, they just... People, people didn't really care that much. And then um, once we started doing some actually good stuff, because at the beginning it was really crappy, you know, mm -hmm. um, then it didn't really matter. How, how did you even find clients? Like, you know, just web forums. It was, oh, it was, interesting. It was all forums like Digital Point, SitePoint, NamePros, all these uh, big forums at the time. They were all the rage. So you're doing basically web development. It was you and you brought some people on board to help you deliver stuff? Or how did you yeah, it do was, it? Yeah, it was contractors. Okay. Contract, remote contractors who would like, help us out. Oh, interesting. Were they in North America or were you like anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and that worked okay? This is also probably pre-Elance, Olance and that kind of thing. Yeah, you had to, how, how did you find these people? Also in the forums? In the forums. You know, there's a lot of people. And then you paid them with PayPal? PayPal. Exactly. <laughs> Fascinating. So you're, you're chugging along. This business is doing okay. You're also getting a degree. <laughs> yep. And then you're like, you know, this is fun. Uh, you, at what point did you decide to try something different and what, why not continue down the path of, uh, your consulting company? It was all really good, but we were working with like a whole bunch of different types of websites that I had really no interest in. There was like a landscaping site. There was, uh, um, this gaming forum that we were used to run and it was just, it was, I don't really play games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of different markets that didn't really interest me at all. I wanted to kind of pull all of this time and resources together to work on something that I was really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Something I can, uh, you know, uh, that I can just dedicate you know, a year, two years into and try to build up and see if it flies. Right. So I wanted to create the next Facebook. And that's what Reiku was at the beginning. It right. was the next Facebook. <laughs> like really similar to Facebook. And this was in 2010, 11? 2011. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So do you, uh, you, you, sh did you just stop working on your consulting company and start on this, or what did you do? I sold all the assets within it. So we, we owned a couple of different websites that were generating us revenue through advertising. Mm -hmm. um, sold those websites, also still on those forums like Flippa and uh, SitePoint Marketplace at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a little bit of money to be able to build up Reiku, its initial iteration. Okay. And so um, before I ask you about that, I just wanted to, for those who are tuning in, this is uh, Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. I'm Rob Kennedy, and we're speaking to Donnie of Reiku. Um, so speaking of Reiku, hmm? you built your first iteration. What was the idea? How did you get inspired to do, like, what, what was it that made you passionate? Tutoring, eh? Tutoring. Right away, it was tutoring. Yeah, it was tutoring. Um, well, it was, uh, it was around tutoring. Um, I, I've never been good at math. Like, mm -hmm. actually, like, um, in high school, uh, I would pay my friends with beer and you know chicken nuggets to be able to get some uh, math help, um, and I also tried some other online tutoring alternatives, like mm -hmm. TutorVista, you know all these uh, all these websites out there, and just wasn't really a good experience. And I thought, you know, why don't I take my hate and my passion and put it together and mm -hmm. see if I can create something that's really awesome? <laughs> so you hated math, but you thought you'd build a startup. I it. hated math. That yeah. sounds very interesting. Do you? Um, so you've, you tried what was offered, uh, like what was on offer at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know that space. Is it, do you even do things like lynda.com or is that for like professional training and nobody uh, uses that kind of thing for that? I've used Lynda. Yeah. And I think they're awesome. Um, I think for, for math tutoring, at the time it was mostly homework help. Yes. Um, there's a bunch of websites out there that do homework help, uh, on-demand tutoring, homework help. And they, they weren't that great of an experience because the business model at the time and largely now is to outsource tutors from India or China or uh, other places where you know the language barrier is there and they don't have audio or video so it's just a lot of typing and a lot of just trying to uh, decipher what they're trying to say I see so the overall tutoring experience isn't helpful uh, right long term had you had you graduated by this point when you started Reiku or yeah so yeah. I was just in university You're in university so you uh, what was the first iteration of the site and how did you build it Oh, I same way I built my other websites back in Concrete Tech. I just hired a bunch of people online. Yeah. Um, I think through Odesk or Freelancer, um, and we just put it together. It was a bunch of features. It was just full of different cool features that I thought was going to be used by millions of people. No one used them, obviously. Um, so we just spent you know half a year building out all these different things. And did you did you talk to like? Had you talked to potential customers, or you that you know what I know this space really well? Exactly, that's so my thought I know process. What my problems are. Okay. Yeah, that and didn't really work out. That not well. so much. No, um, that's why we pivoted. How, so that's interesting. How long did you go down that path? For, for, you said a few, a number of months, half a year or something, building yeah. up features and stuff like that. And then did you not even launch anything until you we were, launched yeah. a couple of times? And it was hypey, like every single time we got everyone involved. Everyone was all really excited, and then people go on and they click on something and they don't, they don't click on the stuff that I want them to click on. And, um, Whoa. <laughs> um <laughs> video games and you wanted them to click on tutorials or what? Yeah. Like we had a lot of really weird stuff. I don't know why, like, I don't know what I was on back then, but, uh, <laughs> like for example, we had this, uh, game called Mochi and it was a sushi poker game. Okay. That allowed people to win tutoring credits, which I don't know why I would put that in. Cause gamification was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Um, that didn't work, obviously. Mm. 
A lot so, of le- lessons learned. So you, yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm speaking for everyone who's listening, but I think that that kind of stuff is really interesting because I think that um, oftentimes you, um, first of all, you need to do customer development. Second of all, um, people like to throw a lot of features in and you need yeah. to know when you're moving down in the right direction. And exactly. it's hard to know when you're not moving in the right direction. So how did you, what kind of PR did, did you pay for PR or did you just use some grassroots social media stuff to in get, order to get the, to get the traffic? first traffic coming to your site? Um, I think, no, I didn't pay for PR. It was, uh, I think it was just like awards that I won at the time. Uh, for yeah. Kinkarso Tech from a previous company, and then I see. that kind of it was right. It was the right timing and all that. So, so you used your brand from the previous iteration exactly. of your existence yeah, to, to the kind next. of promote Reiku. Interesting. Yeah. So you got a lot of people on. It was a web only thing, right? And um, once once so they were not signing up for tutorials. Ultimately, was the upshot of it. They just yeah. weren't signing up. They were doing everything else but signing up for tutorials. They were signing up, but they weren't. Um, they they weren't using the site. Uh, they might use the site. They might try it once and it might not work. I don't know. And how That's did you? What, were you using just Google Analytics to find this stuff at? Like, how did you know people weren't using it? Yeah, Google Analytics. We had all the analytics program in place. And then how did you like? Did you have tutorial? Had you already? Sorry, had you already um, recruited? Like, come up with your methodology of recruiting tutors and had recruited tutors who were sitting there waiting for a call to come in, or you hadn't got there yet? Okay, so. Um, moving forward into the timeline, then um, at the time, did you at the time who so was before, there before investment, before the before we because we pivoted you, twice. So you before you so you built the first thing. Yeah, people were playing video games and not getting tutorials. Right, and did you have tutors there sitting idle waiting to be called upon, and they just weren't? Like, where was the tutorial aspect not failing? You said it wasn't working. Oh yeah, so we. I mean, we we had a forum up there. We had a uh, we had a Q and A. People weren't asking questions at the time when uh, when tutors were online. Um, mm. There was a lot of activity on the tutor side on the message boards, but there wasn't a lot of activity. There wasn't that many questions being asked from the student side. Uh, so it was an on demand. Tutors were hanging out exactly that you had sourced, yeah. I assume, and they were hanging out at specific times. Nobody right. was asking them questions exactly. And how would you at the time? How were you thinking of, were, or were you even thinking of monetizing it? Um, so we would take a cut for each transaction, each question that was asked was, that was paid. They would pay would to ask take, a question. And a, exactly. I see. For an on-demand question, we'd take a 10, 15% cut on that. Okay. And then, so you, after some amount of time, you're like, we're really not making any money. People mm-hmm. aren't asking any questions. So what was the, what was the catalyst to change? We, the first pivot, I guess. So we, we realized that there was too much noise going on they didn't they weren't focused users who were signing up didn't know you know what to do there were so many menu options of different things um so we just cut everything off we deleted so much code it was it was a nightmare mm-hmm. um and it was just on demand tutoring um there was no forum there was no um you know the game and all that kind of stuff there was no messaging and all that kind of thing. Was it, was it a big, like, pl- you pulled the plug on all of it at the same time, or were you slowly taking away features? All at the same time. Interesting. And it was, you go onto the website for the sole purpose of asking a single question and connecting with a tutor so that you can have a conversation with them. Mm. That was the sole purpose of the website after that first pivot. 
Okay. And uh, how did that work? Did you, did you do customer development? Did you talk to people ahead of time? Or you're just like, I think I know what this is. I'm going to remove everything and see what happens. Um, oh, it was feedback from, uh, it was feedback from the, the users that we already had. The not from the tutors as well as the for potential the users. customers. You from can the kind users. of tell that you know they're they're clicking over the place. They're trying different things, and then after ten minutes, they just leave. Yeah, yeah, okay, interesting. So you had a high exit rate. You know, exactly. Like, mm, nobody's converting. Yeah. So okay, so you you stripped it all out. You launched it back with. Mm-hmm. Was it still an on demand kind of thing? Like it tutors would hang out at seven o'clock at night waiting for questions. Yeah, and, yeah. So yeah. what happened? Built it out, went through a startup accelerator, you know, everything was really good. Um, came back, we raised our angel round here in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, built it out, we got a lot of users, like a lot of tutors, and we, everything was going really good. Um, but we couldn't find a business model that, the, the original business model of taking 10 to 15% off of each transaction just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because it costs way too much to acquire a new customer, mm-hmm. and we couldn't, the lifetime value of a customer wasn't justified, unfortunately. Um, Do you mind if I just quickly ask you, because you packed a lot of interesting stuff in the middle. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, for those just tuning in, this is Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. I'm Rob Kennedy, and we're speaking to Donnie of Reku. And we're on to the, past the first pivot, mm-hmm. about to be on to the second one. But I just was curious, so you said, you, you then went into an accelerator. Right. Um, and I guess a couple things. One is, and you told me it was one I'd never heard of before, which is interesting. Yeah. But did you, did you pull all the features out of the site and then say, now we're going to apply to an accelerator? And what accelerator did you end up getting into? And why did you do it? Okay, that's nine questions. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> why uh, did you, did you th- first pull all the features out? And then, yes. then apply to Accelerator? Yes. Yes. Right. And why did you choose the Accelerator that you chose? And yeah. Um, so we, we joined the Launchpad Ignition down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was right after uh, Hurricane Katrina. Um, there was a lot of education reform at the time. So education was very innovative, especially in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a perfect fit for us. And they also, you know, they, they gave us a good deal. Um, so we went in, uh, spent three months there. It was, you know, the best time of my life. It was really, it was really, really good. Culture was amazing. Who's we? Cause you, I, oh, sorry. It was me. Just, it was okay. Me. It was yeah. just you. Okay. Um, and, uh, that's interesting. So you, and is it, was it a standard accelerator in the sense that it was like, you know, they give you $7,000 for 7% or something weird like that? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they gave us 50,000 for 5%. Yeah. And they, we spent three, uh, I spent three months there. And after that we had a demo day. Is it a, and is the 5%, how is it? Is it like a convertible debt? Convertible note? No, it's just straight Straight up equity. I see. And then what's interesting that you chose there, aside from the fact that there's a good fit in terms of their focus on education, was the mentor mentorship and the, um, people who were there, like, aligned with what you were doing? Like, was it worthwhile for the people? I'm assuming that's why you go really. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, there was education startup companies already existing in the same building. And also it was, um, it was in that same building where all the entrepreneurs are in the city. Mm-hmm. So you can you know, go to the couch and there's, 
um, a mentor that you can just talk to about pricing models and all that. And he's made a million dollars doing just that. So it's mm. very, very convenient to just walk down the hallway and be able to talk to someone who's expert in whatever problem that you're having. It's so do you look at other accelerators around the world and thought this was the right one, obviously from the content, but yeah. you foregoed, forewent, I don't even know if you can say that, um, stuff in Toronto because you're from Toronto or stuff in Silicon Valley or New York? Like This was before there was anything in Toronto. It was before an extreme startups. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely applied. I applied to like seven, got mm -hmm. accepted into a couple, and this was you know the right choice, the best fit, right? And so what? So would you do it again? Like what? I mean, there's so many of them now. Yeah. Would it you just exploded? I know it's kind of like you. There's sort of this narrative that if you have a startup and it has some semblance of an idea, you should totally do an accelerator. Right. Would you recommend it for everybody? Yeah, I think so. Really? Um, I think the the biggest value. First off, the biggest value is the public shaming. Um, once you talk to the other people in the cohorts and then you kind of get an update on what they're working on for the past week and you just feel like shit, yeah. feel like crap uh, yeah. yourself. So you, you get that motivation to improve. It's funny. I would publicly shame anybody for 5% of the company. <laughs> just put that out there. Yeah. But anyway. So that's, that's number one. You know, mm -hmm. That's really, really helpful because you're just, for that three months, you're just heads down. You don't care about anything else. You sometimes forget to eat and all that. And you're just working, working, working. And you're, you're, you're doing a really awesome job. And was it a traditional demo day in the sense that you were courting investors? Right. Was that the point? Basically, you're pitching for some follow-on investment? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you, what did you discover during that process? Um, you went in with a very lean paper right. question model, yeah. and you came out the other end with what? Um, so we didn't get investment right off the bat. We mm -hmm. got an offer for um, a decent amount of money at the time, but it was too much equity, and I decided to you know, just um, kind of prove out the model a little bit more. So I did, and half a year later, that's when we actually raised our angel round. How do you make that decision? Because that's really interesting. If somebody comes to you with a decent-sized check, mm -hmm. Why, why not? Like, you don't have to give exact numbers because it was like a hundred K for 50% of the company kind of thing. Was it like 500,000 for 50% of the company? And right. I did not want to give up control at the time. I see. You couldn't, you didn't say, Hey dude, I'll take totally your for 48%. No, or, no, no, no. They were, they were seasoned entrepreneurs and they, you know, they saw my, I would think I was like 18 or 19 at the time. Mm. And they, you know, they're, we need, they said we need, uh, seasoned entrepreneurs in there to add to your team and all that kind of stuff. And I just, at the time I was like, I, I want to do this myself. It's my baby. Interesting. So do you think that you, um, cause you're still sort of doing it, not solo, but close. Do you, do you mm -hmm. feel like you're, uh, irrespective of the investment that you forewent at that point? Yeah. Do you think that the team, you do need an augmented team to complement your skills? Yeah, um, for sure. I, I definitely but that was too high of a team. price. Exactly. This is what you're saying. So what, what was involved in proving out the model to then bother to go get more money? You said um, you waited to prove out the model right. to then get angel or whatever, a seed round or whatever, yeah. angel round. What, what in your mind was that proof point? Um, to be completely honest, I think at the time, you know, having read TechCrunch on a daily basis and all that, you see all these startups getting funded. Yeah. I think that's the next, like at the time that I thought that was the next level in a startup's life is to get funding. Mm. It's a necessary step and you just have to get funding if you want to be, you know, in the conversation for all these, uh, um, all these entrepreneurs. And I, 
that was the sole reason. I can pro I could probably you know bootstrap it at the time. Um, it's not like we were running out of funds or anything like that. I had a good team um, working on the product and all that. Uh, but that's why. You know, How are you funding it then? Out of the proceeds of your previous venture, or yeah, you just were not getting any more? I see. Um, <coughs> that's really interesting. So you. Um, so, uh, w the proof point that you found to then mm -hmm. bother to go get follow-on financing was what? It was, you know, the the potential for this company. Like, uh, it, it, was it continuing to be the um, pay-per-question model? Exactly. It was the same model. Uh, and you just found a more effective way to get customers at that point? Or how did you right. say, now, okay, yeah, this is a thing? Um, it was, once we've modeled everything out, put in all our assumptions into the financial model and kind of projected our growth, mm -hmm. the numbers looked amazing. Um, and we did a, we, we spent a lot of time kind of validating all these individual variables that were plugged in, into this financial model. Um, so it was, you know, it, it looked like at the time, just add money and we will become, you know, a hundred million dollar company. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that was the pitch that we made to uh, investors. And uh, so that's interesting. So the, what had happened? Because at the beginning you said, you know, people weren't, uh, I mean, there was distractions, but people weren't converting into paying customers. Right. Now people were converting into paid customers. Right. Was your problem customer acquisition? Was it retention? What, what was the problem that you found? Was it straight up? Yeah. What was the problem um, that you solved? A, it was a combination of very uh, specific problems. So in the tutoring industry for us, we, we were a marketplace for tutors mm. and students who would sign up would uh, associate the quality of the session with a tutor and not the brand, which mm. is Reiku. Mm -hmm. So they would tell their friends about the tutor and not about Reiku. So we, we, we knew tutoring in general was viral. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of word of mouth, mm -hmm. but not in that business model, not in our case mm -hmm. as a marketplace, as a platform. Mm. Um, so that assumption was you know, unvalidated. That's one example. Also, a big logistics problem. We had too many variables. We had all these different subjects. We had all this, these little um, grade levels and curriculums that are all different. And 24 hours in a day, it's hard to match each student with a tutor in under you know, 30 seconds. Right. So you, you learn to focus the, exactly. the target market and what tutoring you were offering. And that's mm -hmm. how you sort of found your niche, is that? Right. And so what, but you did decide to get angel financing. You didn't just keep going yeah, I got as is. Why, why did you do that? Um, I, I thought it was at a time when we can, we've already validated enough that we can take it to the next level mm -hmm. and just spend a lot of money on advertising. So we had the platform all developed, everything was set up. We, we had a few uh, customers on the site, um, some, a little bit of traffic, and it looked like it was able to just scale up mm -hmm. and it would you know, go off to the right. Right. So you, um, and, and just uh, were in the last few minutes of the, of the episode, uh, which is entrepreneurs drinking coffee in small rooms or the other way around with Rob Kennedy. And I'm talking to Donnie of Reku. Um, you, I, I, we're actually being hosted here as we have, been, have since the inception at, at the working group. Um, you came here 
to they had an accelerator program too right that you decided to join this is pre-angel round or post-angel round this is post so basically correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. you you were like i think we've got a platform we seem to have a business model yeah. i'm going to get an angel round to do the customer acquisition side of things because right. in my experience at least and tell me if i'm wrong marketplaces you can see the supply side but it's still a demand side thing you just need to get a whole bunch of users on your platform. Yeah, you need to reach critical mass. Anything before then is just wasting money and trying to get there. So, you know, as much detail as you're willing to go into, how much did you raise and why did you raise that amount? And how much, what kind of raise was it? Was it a debt raise or was it another straight up equity? It was equity raised um, 360000 mm-hmm. and at a, uh, I won't say value. That's okay. We, um, it was it was pretty good, and then after that, after we raised the money, we pivoted. Um, I see. So we, where where did you raise money in Canada? In Canada, in Toronto. From, from whom? From five angels and two funds. Oh, interesting. Any like ones you like? Where were the funds? RV? They're not. Yeah. What kind of fund is it that would? Um, they're they're Wall Street or Bay Street funds. Oh uh, yeah. So like we were the smallest investment they've ever made. Right. How did you get that round? Like, what did you, I mean, you know, one of the narratives, at least in, in, in Canada is if you're, I mean, you were, you were bringing in revenue, yeah. which Canadian investors, I, th- I, I think, we like to see, you weren't bringing in revenue. No. So then how the heck did you get money? F- I mean, the narrative in Canada is yeah. you need to bring in revenue. And if you're a B2B kind of business and yeah. you bring in revenue, that's the kind of business that gets invested into. Right. How did you get these people to invest in you? Uh, we, I guess, uh, the track record and. We did a lot of financial modeling. We did a lot of, uh, you know, working around the different kinks, and we had really strong assumptions and statistics to back up the financial model. Mm. Um, and we had a very clear plan. You know, what what are we going to do in month two, month three, month four? And this is how we're going to get there. So, so was it you was just hustling to get these? Like, you, how did you get these angels? How did you get these funds to meet you? Where did you meet these people? Um, so we, I talked to Jeff from Green Sky Capital. Uh, that was how I got the introduction to the first investor, and after the first investor, the rest were pretty easy. And how did you even introduction Jeff? Like what? It was through another guy. So yeah. just you were like, I need money. I'm going to start looking for people yeah, who are smart. Yeah, emails. Exactly. I see. And you just kept persisting. Exactly. And then so you you got the money, yeah. and was is the majority of the spend you intend to use it for is for customer acquisition, like marketing, really right. not technology? Is that yeah. your idea? That's right. I see. I think for us as a junior company, um, online education company, a tech company, we have to be education first, mm-hmm. and that's our core, and then technology second. Mm-hmm. And that's why after the pivot into this uh, new business model, we started working with TWG because they're, they're locked down. They can do a better job than you know, most companies. So what was, the, what was the pivot that you made once you got your money? And did it piss off the investors that you pivoted once you got your money? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we put it into you know, locking everything down. We're just high school math in North America for the Common Core states, and we are a program tutoring company where they, the students pay $150 per month on a monthly subscription every single month, and we deliver a service to them of 10 hours of tutoring per month in group, group tutoring sessions. You know, that's interesting because it's not cheap. It is cheap for a tutor, mm-hmm. definitely, but it's not a paper question model. Yeah. Did you find that... How did you f- land on that model, the subscription model? It is, you know, we can predict uh, the, the amount of revenue that we'll get next month. I know it's good for you, but why do why the customers sign customers? up for it? Yeah, it's, 
one third of the cost. The tutors are world class. Like they they won't be able to find it in their local region. These guys are like you know, you know, fifteen years of tutoring experience, graduates in math and this awesome universities and all that kind of stuff. So really good tutors. Um, one third of the cost. Convenient online, so you can access it in your home. You don't have to travel. It's very convenient, and you know it produces results. How did you get the message out to people? That because that's your value prop. Exactly. How did you get the message out to consumers? Up Facebook till the, ads. Really? Yeah. Just Facebook AdWords. ads. AdWords didn't really work out for us. Interesting. Yeah. I find that AdWords don't work for mobile so well. Yeah. But you'd think that they work for a web property because you're mainly web. It's just that we, when we do AdWords, a lot of people are looking for on-demand help, mm. like our previous business model, and they're not, they aren't parents who are looking for a program. They're, they're looking for help immediately with their homework problem. That's why they're Googling it. So the Facebook ads were targeting the parents. Exactly. And the parents would be interesting. So the parents are your customers, right. and your users, audience, whatever, are the students. Are the students. That's fascinating. Uh, and so you, you did that pivot, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you said, okay, I need technical help. Like you, why did you come to TWG? If you had a platform, you were getting yeah. customer acquisition, not that TWG doesn't know this stuff, but their core competence, I think right. is creating awesome technology. We, after the pivot, we bootstrapped everything. We kind of took a different approach instead of building out all those features like it did before mm -hmm. in order to try to validate and then try to validate if they've worked, we bootstrapped everything. So it was a homepage and Excel. Right. Um, so there was no technology back end. The onboarding process took a really long time, a lot of phone calls, a lot of Excel and all that. Um, and that was our bottleneck, scaling. Because mm. we know our cost per acquisition, we know roughly how much money we're going to make per customer. And we mm. knew that if we throw money at it, in Facebook ads specifically, um, then we're going to be able to grow it consistently. That's how you figure out your cost per acquisition. Because exactly. you knew how much it costs to convert a Facebook user into a signed up user. And then yeah. you knew how many people would sign up and pay you, right? So you knew your cost per, per acquisition. Exactly. So we validated the business model first in mm -hmm. all different aspects, all these different variables, like hard numbers that we can validate and uh, you know check and all that. And then we focus on the scaling problem, mm -hmm. and that's where TWG comes in is to build that back end where we can you know onboard a, a new customer and not spend three hours working with them to be able to. Onboard. So of the pie of money that you have left, how much is spent on marketing and how much is spent on building the scale? Um, so TWG, like they're they're just doing it for um, for equity. I see. Um, so they not convertible debt, straight up equity, like yeah. another thing. I see exactly. So you're slowly chipping away at the equity in your company. Does that bug you? I still have a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your main point is to keep control of it, so that it it sort of executes on your vision, and yeah. that's your your primary goal is to keep that. Mm. One of the one of the goals. Yeah. There's another. I want to see this company go through. I think Man. after this, we've we've really hit on something really good. Um, and with our with these numbers that are turning out, you know, the gross margins uh, they're they're a lot bigger than I had expected. Yeah, and they're a lot better than before the pivot. So I think we can take this this new business model and just run with it and see how how far we can go with it. That's interesting. Yeah, you've you've trial by fire. You've, yeah. you've learned along the way and it's interesting to see you pivot towards something that seems right. So as right. we wrap up, where 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 are you off to? Like how, how what does your next step look like? Um, so to start the school year right now and mm -hmm. our our cost per acquisition went from, you know, $300 down to a lot lower than that now. <laughs> um, so we're we're just pumping everything into Facebook ads and a little bit of 
AdWords, we're trying to make it work, mm -hmm. um, to see if we can grow this as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and now we just we've just expanded uh, past you know high school into the lower grades for grade one to grade eight. We just created all the content for that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of different avenues to expand. Next step after that would be to expand into different sciences and all that. This is that's a really interesting. So this will be an interesting few months. It's a perfect time to talk to you actually because. You're about to uh, you're about to test out the new model at, right. at the perfect time of year. So maybe we should follow up with you in a few months just to Sounds see good. what your trajectory looks like. Did it look Did it work the way you expected? Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you very much, Donnie. Uh, Donnie of Reiku, check it out online. Um, it's a pretty straightforward website. It's pretty clear what you need to do. Um, this was entrepreneurs in small rooms drinking coffee. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy. Tune in next week. I'm not going to tell you who the guest is, even though I know who it is. So uh, have a great week, everybody, and uh, see you next week, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bye.